How's everybody enjoying their Earth so far? Earth 2023, let me get a woo. That's a good woo. There it is. There it is, up in the cheap, cheap seats. I love it. David Tobin, ladies and gentlemen, always good for a woo. Uh, this, uh, I am Pooch. This is my good friend, Andrew of 3D Gloop. We How's do, it going? We do a regular podcast called Maker That Money. We talk about maker entrepreneurship. So specifically, we, like you, got our start in uh, this thing. We love making stuff. And yep. we said, you know what? Maybe we can make a go of this. Uh, how do we make a living out of it? And we started the podcast as kind of a series of phone calls mm -hmm. of sharing catharsis and pain and you know, shared trauma around yeah. all of it. And uh, it kind of evolved, well, maybe we should start recording this. Yeah. So, you know, I know everybody in this day and age has a podcast, but uh, this is you getting to listen in on our kind of personal journey. We always disclaim, we don't have it all figured out. It is a work in progress. It's always, what always it, progress. What <laughs> it was two years ago, or not quite two years ago when we got started, what it is now is, yep. you know, where we are, different things, a lot of things have changed. Oh yeah. But anyway, that's the background on what Maker That Money is. Uh, we are on all the podcast platforms, so feel free, uh, like, subscribe, do all the call calls to action. Uh, generally though, we do uh, 9 a.m. Pacific mm -hmm. on YouTube, so if you wanna interact, if you wanna chat with us, if you wanna call in and ask questions, we do all of that. I see a lot of familiar faces with uh, here or uh, people that are generally in our chat in real life, which is wild. It's uh, so to nice see. to see everyone here in person. So not, not getting to see like Mike's little chat bubble icon <laughs> pop up. I need, I need that visual that we get from the chat bubble sometimes. Uh, but we're gonna count on you to hit us with some questions later. Uh, we're gonna try to shoot for about an hour is what we usually do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we ramble and go long, but we'll do some Q&A at the end. The theme of today's podcast Today's episode, this is actually season two. This will be episode five of season two for us. And we just, uh, seasons are like, we take our summer break. Yep. And we're back from break now. <laughs> so we follow the school year. Yes. We need, we need a little bit of time off to just kind of, you know, recharge the batteries. And I, and I think that was a good, good pattern, you know? Yeah. So that's what the season break is, but it's arbitrary beyond that. Uh, the theme today though is a rising tide lifts all benches, as I like to say. It's something, if you've listened to the podcast before, you probably heard me say it, you probably get sick of he it. He loves that phrase. I do love the phrase, <laughs> because honestly, man, like, these, the community, we talk, the word community gets thrown mm -hmm. around so much these days. It's the, everywhere. The 3D printing community, the 3D mm -hmm. printing community, what does that even mean anymore, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, people have differing opinions on oh, yeah. what the approach should be and, and whether or not you, you know, how you choose to participate. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna be that person that's speaking truth to power and I'm gonna just tell it how it is or if you're like more <laughs> of a, let's shine a light on people and raise Absolutely. up. And, and I, I think that we all look for different things from different people uh, in the community and we are a growing community. Mm -hmm. And so what we were, 10 years ago is not what we are today. I mean, heck, look at the community last year versus this year. I mean, look at this show. Even within a year. Sure. Within a year. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, what's what's crazy is, is like 3D Gloop, we actually got our start here at Earth back in 2018. The, the inaugural Earth, we were here, we had a small little booth, a small little table, we were showing off our product. And I, I remember like not every table was filled and you know, there was a decent amount of people, but it, 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 to see it here now, 2023, like this is incredible. 
and to see the energy and the excitement and everyone just enjoying themselves, like this is community and this For is sure. how it's been growing. Yeah, and uh, and it's it is nice and it's nice to see that despite all the vitriol and the crappy comments that we see online and all that stuff, that genuinely when you come to these events and you interact in real life, we all realize like it's it's not that bad. Yep. Uh, and and that I get an energy from coming to a show like oh, this. absolutely. Unlike anything else because it's like, no, this is where we get together, we talk about ideas, we share things and, and it spawns new ideas and that's what that means to me with mm -hmm. the, that rising tide. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the sharing of ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a great thing. That's why I always encourage people if uh, if you're if you're thinking about uh, doing a business, starting a business, or even if just personally getting out and interacting and going to events, even if they're small events, local mini maker fairs, all that stuff. There's a lot of value in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, for for me, these these events are an opportunity to connect with individuals you know, on a personal level. Uh, you know, yeah, we have a business, and you know, we're we're trying to actively build our business, but to be able to interact with our customers and see and hear the projects that they're working on. It builds on all of the ideas that I have and things that I'm thinking about doing for the future. Like, oh, what, what else could I do? What else could I you know, build? What could I make easier for them? Uh, how could I help? Uh, there are so many really awesome projects that we got to be a part of here at Earth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it was just, it's a way to just you build each other up, and I love the I love his phrase. Even though I rag on it all the time, you know the rising tide lifts all benches. It's it's absolutely true yeah. because the more we interact, the more we connect with individuals as people. I, I think there's more opportunity to grow together, stronger as that community. Well said. Well said. <laughs> so, uh, little audience participation time, uh, just to get a sense of of our community in front yeah. of us here right now. Uh, how many of you guys actually? run uh, a, an Etsy shop or have a business or a website or do like 3D printing. Wow. So these are our people here. I mean, yeah. like, and you can you can absolutely relate. It is, I'm gonna wait until that announcement <laughs> finishes in a sec. Uh, it, it, is not an, uh, it is not an easy thing. I'm sure many of you have been at it for many years and, and maybe it's just kind of a side hustle thing and that's great. Mm -hmm. And maybe, if you're, maybe many of you are trying to grow it. So let's, let's, let's do like the show of hands thing. Like, how many of you been at it for more than five years? More than five years, okay. How awesome. many of you been at it for like more than three years? Okay, how okay. many was like the first year? You've, you're like, okay. Nice. And, and, and I got it, so first of all, kudos to everybody that's doing it because it is, a, it is not for everybody. It's a brave adventure. There's a lot of things about us as makers that make us terrible business people. <laughs> I think you guys can all relate to that, right? Oh, we yeah. just want to make cool stuff. Yep. And running a successful business requires a lot more than just getting to make cool stuff. Making one of something, as I always say, and making 10,000 of something is a completely different thing, right? Um, so we come to maker fairs like this or rep rep festivals and we get energized, right? Because we see these projects and say, I could do that. Yep. I could build that. I could sell that. And, and we get this great feedback. People are like, oh, I, you know what? I would buy that from you. Can I buy that from you? Mm -hmm. That's how I got my start. So we sold uh, filament. We sell filament storage boxes, mm -hmm. and some of the people here approached me like, "I have that original one that was like pre V one <laughs> that we didn't even know if it was a product. We were just like, well, we like this, and we sold fifteen of them on the first Earth mm -hmm. that we came to, and we loved the energy we got from um, doing that. And we're like, well, I guess we have a business here, and that." <laughs> 
How many of you guys feel like you kind of fell into your business in that way? Like, did you have a business plan or was it just like people were like, I want to buy what you're making? Yeah? Tell me your name again. Chris. Chris. Sorry, my voice, my voice just cracked. I've been talking a bit this weekend. Uh, Chris was just saying he was just sharing the experience. Like, uh, you basically, there was something that was a high price, uh, eighty bucks or whatever, and it was ridiculously overpriced. And you're like, I can do it better. I can do it cheaper. Yeah. They were building a mold, and you're like, this could be a good application for three D printing. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. I love hearing stories like that. Three. Yeah. We love the tool set. No other. Th this is the beauty of this mm -hmm. space to oh, me. Yeah. Like, when's the last time you went to a, a, a drill press convention? <laughs> when's the last time <laughs> you went to saw, a table saw? <laughs> you know, like, where, where saws, else is the tool like the passion mm -hmm. yeah. in the same way that a 3D printer is? And yeah. that is such a cool, you know, thing. It's enabled the creation of not just like neat projects, but like businesses are born of it, right? Like yeah. we celebrate the tool set because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and you know, then all of the other aspects of 3D printing that go around it, like it, it's it's so cool to see the rapid innovation that's happening. We're looking at multicolor 3D printing now, multi-material 3D printing at the same time, just all of the other different products that support this whole industry. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged, like, I, and I want to encourage you guys as well. And I also want to encourage that what you think of your business right now and where you are right now may not be where you are in two years. You may decide it isn't for you, and that is mm -hmm. totally fine. Uh, but when we talk about the rising tide, mm -hmm. I would encourage you if you're if you're looking to get what's the saying? If you want to get further. You know, if you want to yeah. go fast, go alone. Go if you want to go further, further go, go together. Go together, yep. And I think that has a lot of power. And so coming to things like this and talking to people and sharing mm -hmm. ideas and thinking, you know what, I can probably go further yep. if I invest in my network. I always say your network is your net worth. Yep. And I think that's really true. So I encourage you to have those conversations. I know that as technical people, a lot of times we don't feel like we have the same soft skills mm -hmm. uh, required, but like this is a muscle that we need to flex. And uh, I, I, I encourage you guys to do that. That's a, that's a really powerful thing. Uh, I didn't, well, my, the AVEG I was leaving, I was going to ask, is it possible to get a remote to take questions, or do we not have one? OK, all right. Well, we're just going to do the best we can without that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I guess we're tethered to the, yeah. uh, the podcast thing anyway, so maybe that's <laughs> not a good thing. But um, tell me now, in the, in, what's interesting to me is like looking at it on, on this mm -hmm. crowd, yeah. There are many people here that we've known the better part of a decade. Oh, almost, sure. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's become like an, an investment in the community. And we've gone to many other shows and we work professionally and we've like, we've evolved. Like now, you know, the doors that have been opened to me mm -hmm. uh, have been just incredibly amplified by just connecting with people. Oh, and absolutely. Having things fall into your lap and stumbling into things that you wouldn't have considered otherwise. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about experiences like that in your business world? Sure. That that have made a massive, massive difference in yeah. some kind of community connection. I, I mean, you know, as I was saying earlier, we got our start by attending an event like this. Literally, this event, the inaugural event, and 
it became core to our company DNA and culture to attend these sorts of events, maker, or maker fairs, uh, 3D printing festivals, in ways in which we can connect with community members and our customers, and also with the other companies around us. Uh, being able to talk with you know, a, a filament you know, manufacturer. Uh, maybe someone's working on a really cool project and you know, they, they need some help, they need some sponsorship. Just being able to you know, have time to mingle and communicate, uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing what it can do and the doors that it can open for everyone. Uh, you know, as you as you're building your business and you're, you're you guys are here, just checking out cool stuff. Seriously, think about ways in which you could work with uh, other makers, other businesses. Are there ways in which you guys could just shine a light on someone else? Because you know, if you actually go take a look at our booth over here, you'll see there's a big open space. We're not using it to push our product. We're using it for people to come and hang out and just chill and yeah. you know have a good time. Uh, you know, we have uh, some really awesome creators literally right behind us where we said, hey, let's partner, let's make our booths really big so we can have a space for everyone to meet these awesome people and just yeah. hang out and have fun. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, a, a, a lot of the times, this is, this is something that I felt like maybe an overly obvious statement, but I'm like, if you want to pick the people that you want to surround yourself with, like be the one that throws the party. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it seems obvious, right? But I'm like, there is so much power in that. Like mm -hmm. people want to come and interact and all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, when you come to something like this, you don't always get to choose who you interact with, but it's like, if you want to host it, so that's why I give a lot of credit to the event creators that are like, that, that do this. Because event management is a business in and of itself oh, and all that stuff yeah. with a lot of challenges <laughs> and logistics and stuff. But, but throwing the party and being the ones that host it allows you to interact with a lot of people and, and can elevate your networking capacity in a big mm -hmm. way. So mm -hmm. pro yeah. tip there. Um, I want to pivot for a second. So we talk about community. We've talked about in real life community, IRL community. Very important, especially in this day and age with social media. But I want to talk about social media. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about online stuff. Sure. Okay, so how many of you guys out there are doing social media of some kind? Any of the major <laughs> platforms? Okay, great. Yep. So, so first thing I need you to get your phone out. You're going to follow Repcord, R-E-P. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you realize, obviously, how many of you guys uh, maybe started on a platform and left there because it didn't feel like it was for you? Maybe you were on Twitter and then you went to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and just like mm -hmm. there's evolution that's happening in terms of yeah. like as more people are coming into these spaces, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like what I remember or what I valued. You know? yeah. So I think that's a relatable thing. How many of you guys feel like these are big sales funnels for you or a potential like media out like are you, how much how much of your sales are coming like is more than half of your sales coming from like your social media impact raise your hand if you feel like that's the case or a quarter mm -hmm. yeah so maybe not that much mm -hmm. so maybe is there diminishing value in it i mean like i have a lot of questions around the interaction now how about not social media but like who runs a discord server or a yeah. forum of some kind okay yeah. And you feel like that's a good means of outreach and creating your own community, throwing your own party, like and 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 having direct messaging with your your customers and, and your communities. Yeah, they, they can ask me questions. Yes, he's saying he can mm -hmm. answer in real time. It's a bi-directional communicate. It's a good, convenient, bi-directional mm -hmm. communication thing. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. What's your experience been with social media and the value to your yeah, business? You know, I mean, I, I will say, you know, as a technical person, I haven't been the best at, you know, leveraging these social platforms or even trying and, and coming to these events. But, you know, as uh, as Pooch was saying earlier, this is a muscle that you need to stretch, you need to work. And, you know, recently I've been putting a significant amount of effort and work into this as I know that because we are continuing to grow, this is such a crucial part of our business. As I mentioned, it was kind of core and fundamental to our DNA and culture as we continue growing as a company. I need to be more involved in this community, more involved socially, uh, you know, connecting with individuals as people, beat them where they are. How many of your just general opinion, like with social media, do you feel like it's becoming, an, raise your hand if you feel like it's becoming an increasingly toxic space to be. <laughs> yep. It's less healthy. Like yeah. so, so are we seeing are we seeing as that tide rises, as more usership gets in there, as bots invade, as billionaires take it over and do weird stuff with it? I mean, for, for me, I, I think I think I've seen social media be better than ever. Uh, you know, that's that's my opinion, though. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen some amazing connections happen, some amazing you know interactions happen. I mean, just the way in which the, these these awesome projects have evolved on social media, or you know, just again as communities continue to grow, um, you, you know, inside you know these just general spheres of social media influence. But I, that's I, just my experience. I, I, no, I have to agree with you. And I think what I'm getting at here is like the, the, the perception is that there's a toxicity. Mm -hmm. But there is a massive upside. And if you put the effort in, just like you put the effort to come into an event, to cultivating your feed properly, yeah. muting people, blocking people, that is, that is important because sure. you want to cut out what is not useful to you and then and, and participate in the other thing. And the other thing I think a lot of people miss is we think we're trying to build up a following mm -hmm. and uh, you know, you come and you're, you'll put your social media tags out and stuff sure. like that. But I think a lot of people miss that like it's a two way street and mm -hmm. you get what you give a lot of times. So you have to invest in commenting on other people's stuff mm -hmm. and uh, you know, being positive in that regard and stuff. So it is an investment, but in this day and age, there are more tools than ever. Oh, absolutely. I'm seeing incredibly new different numbers. Like we're investigating new spaces like where it's, where I can directly link my store to like my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And like every time I post something out there, there is a very clear analytic sales bump. Same thing with TikTok shops and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I know we have like a lot of these preconceived notions about mm -hmm. the value of them. Sure. But if wielded well, mm -hmm they bear a lot of fruit. And there is a community, despite mm -hmm. the fact that I think we think of them as like these cesspools of toxicity. Well, you know, one of the things I think is, is really interesting in, if we're talking about social media here and the ability to build the business around, um, you know, let's look at our products here, for example. Uh, you know, I'm not the greatest at pushing our products through social media or making content or creatives. Uh, but, you know, by engaging with members of the community, sponsoring cool builds, uh, you know, just making a high quality product and, and treating customers with, you know, respect and, you know, like just helping them do stuff that's paid dividends. Like we'll see, uh, you know, someone just will randomly pick up our product and post it on social media and talk about it and praise it. And they become an evangelist essentially. Absolutely. And, and we'll see massive spikes because people are sharing, people are talking and they're, they're talking about what we're doing. And that's just because we're, you know, just trying to be, you know, like helpful. 
I, I, there's so much power in that, and I feel like, again, this seems like another obvious thing, but like, especially us as makers, I don't think we like to be sold to. We like to discover solutions yeah. to things. And so when you have people doing your sales and evangelism for you, mm -hmm. I always say like, you, you wanna find those ways to encourage other people to do your selling for you. Mm -hmm. We see things traditionally like affiliate programs yeah. and all that stuff, like no, I don't like that. I mm -hmm. like, like when somebody goes to the trouble to take a picture of your product or like, hey, I just got some gloop and I made this really awesome model yeah. with it, you, you retweet that, you post that, you're like, hey, can we Absolutely. use this on the website? Mm -hmm. you, you like, that is gold. Mm -hmm and you should encourage that kind of behavior because there is way more impact in that in people seeing and discovering it other places than you talking about your own product. Mm -hmm. How many people feel like you avoid or you maybe you, you, um, you don't like to feel like you wanna, you're tooting your own horn when you're like trying to put content together. Like maybe a little, little shy I'm, about I'm it. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> yeah? yeah. I, think that's, I think that's a common thing. I think mm -hmm. one of the challenges as makers we often say is like we don't, we don't like, we don't want to be, we're not salespeople. Yep. We don't want to brag about things. Mm -hmm. But this is where, you know, that, that divergence is like the, the biggest thing that I think most people miss when you're getting into business, doing mm -hmm. this professionally, is you have to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. So don't think of it as like, oh, I'm being salesy and all this stuff. Like, no, this is you, like, taking your, the, your, your security, you have to sell. If mm -hmm. you do not sell, mm -hmm. you will not exist. And I always say you don't have a sales problem, you have an awareness problem because we're in the overall community mm -hmm. and stuff, the, the world at large, like the bizarre that there is, everybody's shouting yep. from the rooftops, like, hey, come look at my thing, come look at my thing. Mm -hmm. And how do you rise above that noise? Well, it, it, I mean, for me, what I found is helpful is just, again, showing off something cool that you're doing. Um, you know, it's not something like, oh, hey, look what we're capable of doing because of X, Y, or Z. It's, hey, look at the thing that I built. Yeah. You know, I mean, we bought a giant robot and brought it to this event to play tug of war. Like, it, it, you know. Because you can. Because and we it's can. Awesome. And it's just for fun. That's it. And like, people ask, like, what is it used for? Like, what do you, like, it's a, you know, for us. What do you mean, just, what is it used for? Tug of war. It's for of use course. for tug of war. It's just for fun. And, and I mean, you know, people have this ability to interact with it and enjoy it and, and get to use our product in a way that they never really kind of thought about using it. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's a weird because they're actually using it because they're playing tug of war with it. You know, and it's this experience that they're going to take with them. So in the, you know, social spheres of the internet, you know, think about ways in which you can build something cool and they can use, you know, by seeing it, like get yeah. enjoyment out of it. Yeah. There's so many like exciting applications. I mean, think about what it is that made you excited about the product. And I guarantee you, there's so many other people that are excited about the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and you just need to connect with them in that way. Share the story of it. Share like why this is cool. And if you show your passion and you show your energy, mm -hmm. that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, we got to bring it back. Bring it back to the community. Bring it back to the community. No, no. I, mean, I think this is all good. I'd, I'd like to. We've gone about. Excuse, there's that voice crack again. I've gone beyond the sexy raspy to the like bleh, you know prepubescent cracking. Uh, Let's, uh, let's open it up for a little Q&A. It could be anything about community and any of that. Unfortunately, we don't have a mobile. If, you, if you're a brave soul and feel like you can come down here so we can at least amplify so you can all hear. I love two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have a question, you wanna raise your hand, you come down here. Come on, Mike, you got something for me, please. He's got nothing today. Come on down here, Chris. We got and then I'll get to you next. 
So yeah, uh, I'm Chris. Uh, so a lot of times there's this dichotomy between uh, a comment section being you know, quote-unquote toxic, and then there'll be other creators where you'll get this, oh, we have the best comment section, you know? Yeah. And that's a, that, can you guys dive into that dichotomy? How do you, how do you lead that? How do you, how do you cultivate that so that you have a proper, helpful, useful comment section? Because that's a leadership problem. That's, that's a, not a, that's a, great that's a question. really great question. So to repeat his question, like, how do you, you know, some people really like their comments section mm -hmm. of, uh, I guess, anywhere, uh, your, your content yeah. and whatnot, and mm -hmm. some people feel like it's a really toxic mm -hmm. space. Yeah. Just an anecdote I want to say, and then I'll have you dive in. Sure. Uh, I can't remember who to attribute this for, but, like, there's a common saying in the creator world that, like, reading the con the comments is a form of cutting a yeah. lot of times where it's just like you're just a little bit a little too going like a little too deep on and yeah. like exposing yourself but there is good in it as well right and and that's what I was talking about too I think you need to you need to protect yourself from the fact that there will always be bad actors out yep. there it is stupid easy for them a lot of them are bots now and they don't even realize it and stuff like that you can't spend too much time in there it's 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 not human nature mm -hmm but you have to protect yourself. But why don't you talk about your commenting experience sure. and positivity? Here. I mean, you know, I think, I think it really comes down to just responding to the things that you think have merit to respond to and letting the other things just be noise because it will always exist. And, you know, yeah. you, you know, I think like when, you know, I'm, for, for instance, like when you're trying to train a dog or, you know, a pet, like you reward the good behavior. And respond to these, these is a treat. You, you respond to the the comments or the you know, reviews or whatever it might be that are positive in nature, and you're showing an upbeat, positive attitude. And then in the the negative ones that are you know maybe they're attacking or whatever, you try and respond in a positive light, and you leave it alone. You treat it as noise beyond that. Um, you know they're always going to exist. Uh, you know, I mean, I know that in dealing with customers, like we've had many conversations about this, when to fire a customer, because it happens. We get bad customers Absolutely. all the time. Yep. And there is behavior that we just will not tolerate. And we try and we be positive, we try and help the customer, we hear them out, but if they, their behavior is just not in the, you know, in the good area, we just say, you know what, we're done. Maybe it's a refund, maybe it's whatever, and we stop responding, that's it. And we cultivate this by, you know, putting our energy into what we want to get back. I think. Yeah, I always like to say it's it, you're you're investing in your mental health a lot of the time with it mm -hmm. too. And, and just like in real life, think about how it exactly you surround yourself with the people that build you up, not the ones that break you down. Yeah. Right. So you just need to look at that as an extension of it. And unfortunately, it's just way too easy for people to say stuff online, hiding behind mm -hmm. things that um, they would never say to your face. Yeah. Uh, one really good tip I got from um, Bob Claggett, uh, mm -hmm. I like to make stuff, I don't know how many of you guys follow him, but he told me, he's like, when you get a bad, a nasty comment, because the, bigger, the, the, the downside of this is the, the bigger you grow, the more this is a problem <laughs> for you, right? Yep. You're just flooded with commentary. But he said, if you, if you look at a comment that is negative, and you read it in that whiny, like, your face is so ugly. It, like, it, it completely the removes the energy from it, and you're like, okay, yeah. and yeah. you're able to move on in a different way than like really internalizing yeah. it. And I thought that was an interesting coping mechanism. Yeah, uh, I think this gentleman had a question. Yeah, yeah, thank you for, uh, awesome question, by the way, Chris, and I appreciate the fact that you're taking notes. Yeah. Uh, so I run a manufacturing company, and I'm trying to bring a 3D printed watch to market, and I'm having a 
really, really hard time sourcing stuff from U.S. manufacturers. Ooh, sourcing. So <laughs> I was wondering if you guys could talk about how you go through sourcing, how you make sure quality is there, and how you make sure you know, safety mm -hmm. is there as well. Sure. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. What was it? Josh. Josh, thank you for the question. Uh, Josh asked about sourcing. He's, uh, he's running a 3D printed watch company, is that right? What do you guys call CT3D. CT3D? Okay, go check out CT3D.com. CT3D.tech. Okay. Awesome. He's asking about sourcing. Sourcing is, is something that, that is... <laughs> you had some I, have, we have, I have a lot of trauma around, around sourcing because uh, it, it's, uh, it's an important part. Obviously, when you're looking at the bomb, the bill of materials of anything that you're making, the over, more complex it is, mm -hmm. the more that you bleed here, the more that this, this can matter to you. And uh, that obviously, you know, driving that price down, bringing the price down by, by finding better sourcing. Um, this is near and dear to me, but I want you to start <laughs> because uh, so I'll try to tie it up. Sourcing is always always a difficult thing. Um, for how like we at Bloop handle these sorts of things, we start and we try and break it down into simple, small problems. Um, what What is it that we're trying to build? Like this is the widget, and the widget consists of X, Y, and Z. And each widget needs sub-widgets or work in progress or whatever it might be. And if it's something that we can do internally, figure out if there's a process in which we can build it or we can find someone to build it for us. Uh, and then how do we scale this up? Uh, you know, for sourcing, like for our products, like we're dealing with chemical reagents. That's really difficult. I, I mean, there's regulations, there's certifications that we have to have. And I remember at the very beginning, it was daunting. Um, a, a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast too before, when you're trying to get started too, you're going out to these companies and you're like trying to order 100 pieces or 200 pieces. Which be is honest. like you're nobody to Yeah, them, be right? honest with them. Yeah. Tell them, listen, I'm small, but this is what I'm trying to do. Show them your passion, show them your energy. Tell them this is what I'm trying to build and these are this is the traction I've started to see. You understand that you're probably gonna have to pay a premium. And that, that's okay, yeah. we had to do it, it's that tax. But as you keep grinding towards that next thing, you know, can you, can you make do with this piece? Can you make do with this product? Maybe it's you buy something and you tear it apart for another piece. Maybe, you know, I, I remember the early days where we were hand cutting our labels on a Cricut machine. Because we couldn't afford to run hundreds of you know, labels at, at, at a sticker company. Yeah. You know, and, and now it's like we're ordering in batches of 10,000 or more. And it's about figuring out ways in which you can make do. It's painful at first, but start wrapping process around it and then be honest with these companies. Show them your energy, your passion, your, your roadmap, and yeah. they will usually find a way to work with you. Yeah, you, you got to understand too, they're getting like hundreds of inquiries a day and everybody's talking a good game when they're yeah. brand new. Don't but say a lot you're going to buy 10,000 so, pieces. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me this great pricing because like no, mm -hmm. nobody wants to, you know, bank on the, the yeah. maybe, to, you know, yeah. if this goes well in a month, I'm going to order 10,000 people. Yeah. They hear that all the time. Yeah. 80-20 um, rule applies. Look at where you're going to make the most impact with like the, the smallest chunk to begin with. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is a process and, and this is something that is not an overnight, like, hey, I can just get on Alibaba and I'm going to knock out the sourcing problem uh, today. You need redundancy. Yep. You 100% need redundancy. The approach I always took was I find my local source that's going to be usually three, five X the cost. Mm -hmm. 
and I establish a relationship here, I understand it's a more expensive thing, but if we have a massive influx of order, mm -hmm. if I get that if I get that PO for you yeah. know, an order at, at Home Depot or whatever, like yeah. I need an option and I know it's gonna cost me more. Mm -hmm. And then while you know I've got that established, then I'm working on some redundancy where it's like it can take the slow boat from China and, over. And I know that starting, it's hard to take a little bit of risk. Like you know, there are some things that we now source that are custom manufactured from over in China. Um, but trying to find a way in which you can take small, baby, little bets—I'll I'll call them—where you can take a little bit of risk. It, it might be painful if you were to lose it, but this will establish a relationship. Like we had uh, our products, you know, they're, they're adhesives and we sell them in bottles with seals. We had a, a trouble getting seals for these bottles. We eventually found someone over in Singapore capable of making the material to our spec, but it, it was a hard process where we had to just say, okay, hey, can we buy a hundred seals while we were using someone else over here in the States? And it was astronomically more expensive. And we ate that cost for a long time and it sucked. But it, it, just finding a way to make a little bit of, a, you know, uh, take a little bit of risk each time, yep. you'll get a little further and a little further. Yeah, it's, it's a long, sourcing is a long-term problem, or pro process, not a problem. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I guess how, look, how you look at it. But uh, I would say that the other thing you want to do is, as you're establishing rapport with these vendors, okay, don't be afraid to go back after time, after you've shown them that, hey, yeah, you're paying your bills on time, you're, you're ordering increasing quantities, and uh, how many of you guys know what a blanket order is? Have you guys ever heard that term? So mm -hmm. I, I use, this is actually a really effective tool as yeah. you're building a rapport with a vendor. Uh, if, if you start to say like, look, I have a year's worth of, of history with you here. We bought mm -hmm. this much and they can look at it and say, if we sign something that says we agree to at least order a pallet worth of these, mm -hmm. can you, maybe I don't have, a, maybe you don't have space to store all of that. And maybe they don't, you don't have the cash to pay for it all up front but they're willing to give you that bulk price as long as they can get some kind of yep. contract in place. And then usually if you don't meet that, all you have to do is come up to what the price would be wet mm -hmm. without it. And a lot of times they don't even go through that. Yeah, Chris, did you have another question? Yeah, can you unpack blanket orders? Say it again? Can you unpack blanket orders? Blanket order, he wants to unpack it. He wants to know a little bit more about that. You want to more about blanket orders. So I think different companies call it different things, but the concept of a blanket order, you yeah. go, go ahead. So, so for, for us, we, we look at it as a, maybe a contract to buy over a period of time. So in, in essence, like when we were purchasing our bottles, um, you know, we were just purchasing them at the normal retail price. Uh, and then eventually we started like ordering larger and larger quantities. Uh, they would give us some bulk discounts. And then eventually we're like, hey, listen, we've been doing this now for like three years. You know that we keep coming back to you. Is there a way in which we can get the best bulk price that we can, but we're not gonna order them all in one batch. We're just gonna say, we're gonna commit to spend, maybe it's $60,000 in bottles per year, and you're gonna give us, you know, like the, the best price for that. And so that's really what it is. It's just a simple little contract saying we commit to purchasing this amount of product per year, uh, and we could do it over the entire course of the year. It's a, it's a really good way to negotiate better pricing because I think it's a show of good faith on both ends that, that they're not, you're not just saying, hey, give me a better price. You're saying, yeah. I'm gonna increase my quantity or we'll agree to this and we have some terms in place that yeah. they can more take to the bank. And on, it's you know? give and take for both businesses because as as we are you know, trying to grow ourselves, like we rely heavily on resellers. And so we find ways in which we can work with our resellers to have them commit to purchasing an X number of our products per year so that we can plan our own growth and trajectory. Yeah. So there's, there's gives and takes for both.
I hope that's some good tips for you. Uh, and I wish you the best of luck. I know it's a, it's a lot of work, but uh, you know, keep working on it because that, that's probably one of the best places you can affect your bottom line by optimizing that bill of materials and your, the price you're paying for things. Mm -hmm. Keep at it. Are there any other questions? You guys have any other questions? Yeah. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> tell, tell us your name and your business if you would so we can shout you out at least. Uh, I'm Sanford Freeman. I have a YouTube channel, SNM Makers. SNM Makers, okay. Uh, so far, you mostly talked about companies or activities involving physical products. Can you talk to the different mindsets or approaches if you're more uh, on ideas or just creating, say, educational videos? Ooh. Yeah, no, th this is a great one because I one of the many hats that I wear is uh, working with creators, working with mm -hmm. influencers and stuff like that. And we've talked in the past too that mm -hmm. maker that money as a maker, there are many ways to make money, and not all of them entail physical products, right? You can you can build a very successful channel doing educational content. I have friends that do that very successfully. Uh, mm -hmm. You can you can go the route of being an influencer. You can build an audience where you can sell ad revenue and do sponsorships and all that other stuff. We have friends that do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, there are actually like 50 different ways as a maker you can make stuff without having to make a physical product. Yeah, so I think it really comes down to what it is that you're doing that provides value and what can you show that value to uh, you know a, a customer of yours, right? Um, if you're a, you know, a content creator, you have an audience, you have a platform, you have people that watch you regularly, and that's the value that you bring. And so as you continue to grow that, as you continue to build that, that, that value becomes a little bit stronger because the following is typically bigger and more you know, closely knit. Um, in terms of maybe, a, a, you, know, you said educational content that you're trying to produce, um, it's, you know, ways in which you're wrapping it maybe around a project. I'm thinking like CAD class, you know, we've CAD had, class. Yeah. yeah, they're great. You know, they have a, they have a book that they produce. Granted, that's a little bit of a physical product, but a lot of their value comes in the little projects and, uh, you know, uh, electronic education that they're doing. Yes. And that value is, hey, I'm learning about this and it's finding the ways in which they are working with schools and other maker spaces. Um, you know, basically relaying that value to them, saying you can teach Fusion 360 to kids or to high schoolers using our curriculum, and you're you're basically building this out. It's a lot of legwork, but uh, you know, I think it comes down to identifying that value that you're providing and then putting it into a package that's understandable for a customer. Uh, that's, that's well said. I, I would add to that uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, you may know him. His name is uh, uh, Joel Telling. He's a three D printer, three uh, D print, printing. I think is his thing. Three, I don't. He does. Yeah. He has a YouTube channel. You should check it out. Uh, he is a very. He's a very big. He gets asked the question a lot. If I want to start my YouTube channel, what do I need to do? What's successful? One of the first things he almost always says, if you listen for it, is what is your niche, like find something that you do well that makes you mm -hmm. unique, yep. okay? Because there's so many people trying to build YouTube channels out there and we don't need another Joel, we don't need another Angus, we, you know, you, what is it that you're bringing to the table that is different and unique? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is a, is a creator on the, uh, uh, on the education front or on the, on the content, the thing that ties us all together as businesses is what I said earlier, sales. You're mm -hmm. still selling. Yep. You just have to think about what you're, how you're selling, what your value proposition is. So if it's educational content, who are your customers? Thinking about that, what are they willing to pay? Do I have to approach them directly? Like are you going to colleges? Are you going to schools to like try them to get to buy curriculum? 
or is this for like personal improvement uh, education and stuff like that? And those are two, two totally different customer paths. Mm -hmm. But you need to think about what the sales channel is and how you are reaching out to them and showing them the benefits, the value and all that stuff. I know that's a kind of a very vague overarching thing, but the main point is do not forget to be selling. Always be selling, always be closing. <laughs> Hopefully that answers your question. Awesome. Uh, I think we can take maybe one or two more. Is there any other questions? You want to come on down here? You go ahead and start. Tell us uh, your name and your business idea, or if you have a website, you want to shout it out? Uh, so my name's Adam. Uh, we own a, 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 I co-own a business. Currently we've been TikTok. It's called the Forge. So my okay. question is, uh, what are some other great tactics or events even to get yourself out there and maybe uh, find other companies that would be willing to partner with? Adam, thanks for the thanks for the question. What are some other tactics or events or places that you can go to find people to collaborate with, to work with? Yeah, so I mean, I think it comes down to what is it that you're trying to be. Um, you know, really think about. Uh, you, we were just talking about, uh, you know, whether you're building a, you know, a, an educational curriculum or you know, a YouTube channel. What is it that you're trying to do here? Define that because that's the biggest issue with all entrepreneurs. They, they just set out to go do something and they don't really think through what it is that oh they're trying to do. What gosh. is their goal? You know. And so from there, I, I would work backwards and say, if it's you're going to be in 3D printing and making, like start looking for shows, start looking for things that are near you. So start lowest hanging fruit, easiest things to get to, easiest things that you know you, you don't have to spend a lot of money at, and then try your best and put your passion into it. Your, your have fun with it. Uh, yeah. Because you know, if you exude this passion, if you're Let if you're radiating your passion, this, for sure, you, you know, it, it's going to inspire others, and you're shining a light on others. The others are going to shine a light on you. That's right. It's a two-way street. That's the <laughs> rising tide that lifts all Benjis. That we're talking about. We're bringing it home, baby. I love it. Uh, I I, I got to echo something you said because yeah. it's uh, it's important to hear. I, it, again, may sound obvious. May, a lot of you think it, but I, I think it's it's good. Mm -hmm. Tough love to hear. Kevin Costner lied to you. If you build it, they will not just come, no. okay? You have to go out and be where your customers are. So you're, doing a, you're, you're building a business, a channel, because you're passionate about something. Mm -hmm. So you are your best case study of who your customer is. If you're passionate, if this is a good thing. What are the events you like to go? If you, are, you, are you into cosplay? I wanna go to the cons. Mm -hmm. Who are the people that you're trying to reach out to and go be where they are yep. and interact with them and let them see that you're just like them, you're one of them, and you've got this cool thing and, and they wanna support you because you're one of them. Like, be part of the community. That's the, that's the yep. rising tide, that's the power. Yep, absolutely. All right, do we have any other questions? I think. It's a good time to wrap up. I want to thank you guys for hanging with us. Yeah. I mean, I know we're just kind of like sitting here fireside <laughs> chatting with everybody, but I, I love it. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everybody that asked this question. I wish everybody the best of luck with their business. I encourage you to feel free to reach out to us. We are very active on social media. We're at, mm -hmm. I'm at, at Repcord, R-E-P-K-O-R-D on everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and 3D Gloop on yep. everything. <laughs> and we encourage you, if you want, to tune into a future uh, episode. We generally record every Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific on YouTube. It's a great way yep. to interact with us. Uh, and you can always catch it after the fact if that's not a convenient time. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your earth. And uh, thank you. We'll, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.